Hello, you're listening to Hugo Talks. This video is called Mustard Seed, Cancer and the Bible. And this is a good example of how and why the modern translations of the Bible are corruptions, why they change things, and an example of how much detail is in this book, how much detail is in the truth contained in the book. The Bible is described as the living word because we are living in it right now. The word of God is described in Hebrews as alive and active. It means that it has vital power inherent to itself. Now, thanks for all of the emails and information regarding my website, uh, hugotalks.com WordPress account, and then blocking me from sending out emails to my subscriber list. I'm looking into a few things, uh, those people at WordPress, they refuse to respond to me. I've got a couple of plans. I might be a while though before I can get back to sending out those emails. So like I said, I'm at Substack, which works in a similar way to the way I had with the website. They send out emails every time I post a video. So follow me on Substack and we will see how that goes. Link to the Substack page is below in comments and description. And we'll see how that works out for the time being. So okay. Mustard seed, cancer, and the Bible. Now, there are about five mentions of mustard seed in the Bible. Some of them are referencing the size of a mustard seed, which is very small. But this particular one, Matthew 13, is the one I'm going to focus on. As I've not seen anyone else talk about this in the way I'm going to talk about it here. So we've got Matthew chapter 13, which is a big big chapter. It's got a lot of stuff going on in it. it. has many parables given by Jesus, the wheat and the tares being one. And I want to do a video about that also at some point. But I want to focus on this mustard seed one first. So here it is. Now, this is in my Bible. This is the 1611 King James. Most King James Bibles you see are 1756 version which I believe has a few things in it that have been changed from this 1611 one. Not much, but a few. So I like to stick to the 1611, although the 1611 has some older way of spelling things, the using the visa around the other way and so forth. There's no J as well. Okay, so here it is, Matthew 13, 31. Another parable put he forth unto them, saying, the kingdom of heaven is like to a grain of mustard seed, which a man took and sowed in his field, which indeed is the least of all seeds. But when it is grown, it is the greatest among herbs and becometh a tree so that the birds of the air come and lodge in the branches thereof. Now, I want you to pay attention to the words least and greatest. The mustard seed being the least of all seeds, but when it's grown, it's the greatest among herbs. And this and the later King James both use these words. Jesus says the mustard seed is the least of all seeds, but when it grows, it is the greatest of all herbs. Now in the modern translations, most of these corrupt Bibles have changed it to the mustard is the smallest of all seeds. And then when it is grown, it's the largest of all herbs or plants, as we can see here in the New International Version as just one example. You can see that they changed it from least to smallest, and they changed greatest to largest. Now something can be large, 
but it can also be useless. So this is not what Jesus was saying. He said it was the greatest of all herbs, not the largest. There are a few reasons I believe they changed it. One is that the CL network of Christian platforms, like for example, Answers in Genesis, they can then put out stupid articles like this one here and imply in their headlines that Jesus, he could be wrong. It states here, are mustard seeds the smallest or was Jesus wrong? Jesus said they were the least of seeds and when grown, the greatest of all herbs. Of course, this kind of nonsense article in Answers in Genesis discussing uh, mustard seeds are not the smallest, which he didn't say, all of that gobbledygook, it's about distracting from what I believe Jesus is telling you here, that the mustard seed, apart from it being a metaphor for the kingdom of God, it being a seed that grows into a tree which birds can perch on, it starts with a few disciples and then grows across the world to include millions, yeah? Apart from that parable, he's also telling you the mustard seed and what grows from it is the greatest of all herbs. Not the largest, but the greatest. Big difference between largest and greatest. Like I said, something can be large and it can be useless, but something that is great, or in this case, greatest, it means the best, the most prominent, the highest in quality, the most beneficial, the most beneficial herb, the greatest herb, the most superior of all the herbs and plants. And this is Jesus telling you that the mustard seed and the herb that grows from it is the greatest. And this change in all of these modern translation, they're trying to deflect away from something. Okay, now I like mustard. I like it, especially in a cheese sandwich. Mustard is an antibiotic, okay? And interestingly enough, because of its antibiotic properties, an unopened jar of mustard will rarely spoil. It doesn't even require refrigeration and it won't develop mold or bacteria and will never become unsafe to eat. Now, what is in the mustard family? What vegetables? Well, we've got broccoli. You've got cabbage, cauliflower, Brussels sprouts, radish, kale, rocket, loads of other ones. These vegetables from the mustard family are also called cruciferous vegetables. Now, why do you think they are called cruciferous? It says here the name cruciferous is an informal classification for members of the mustard family. And it comes from the Latin crucifere, meaning cross bearing because the four petals resemble a cross. While these veggies grow in all different colors, shapes and sizes, they share several nutritional benefits. It is named after the Latin word for crucifix. So we've got Jesus, crucifix. Jesus says the mustard seed grows into the greatest herb and they are also called cruciferous vegetables. And these cruciferous vegetables are said by many to be cancer fighting agents. Some say they put cancer into remission. I know someone who went on a heavy diet of cruciferous vegetables and they refused chemotherapy, much to their doctor's annoyance. And they put their cancer into remission. And you can find many accounts of this online. It's not something that doctors and hospitals seem to tell or talk to cancer patients about. Usually they get them coming in for scans and telling them that they need chemotherapy and radiotherapy, but they never ask them about their diet or talk about changing their diet. Now this is from numerous people close to me 
who have had this experience and also from testimonies online. When it comes to cancer, these medical people, they don't seem to be interested in offering advice from diet. All they seem to want to do is push chemotherapy treatment. Now look, I'm not a doctor, right? And I'm not giving advice, let me make that clear. But if you look online, you can see all of these articles about cruciferous vegetables. Yeah, those herbs, those vegetables that are from the mustard family. The mustard family, which are endorsed by Jesus as the greatest of all herbs in scripture. Yeah, you can see all of these articles online talking about the benefits of these vegetables in relation to fighting cancer. And I know someone who refused chemotherapy and was then dropped by the doctor at the hospital that was treating them because they didn't want to take chemo. They then refused to do any follow-ups with them. You know, so when they show you statistics of chemo and cancer, how can these be of any use if they don't follow up on the people who refuse chemotherapy? And from what I can gather, these places seem to be very, very focused on pushing treatment like chemotherapy and radiotherapy and very rarely even talk about diet, okay? Now, chemotherapy, do you know where that treatment originated from? It came from mustard gas. What is mustard gas? It says here, mustard gas is an extremely dangerous poison gas. It was a chemical warfare agent. Mustard gas was a chemical weapon used to kill people. And this is where chemotherapy comes from. As you can see here, by World War II, at least two dozen medical researchers transformed mustard agents into cancer chemotherapy. In the 1940s, sulfur mustard, commonly called mustard gas and nitrogen mustard, a derivative of mustard gas, became a new form of cancer treatment. So an extremely dangerous poison became the cancer treatment called chemotherapy and it was originally named mustard gas, mustard nitrogen. There's no mustard in it, I believe, but it was called mustard because of its yellow color and its smell. It says here, now chemotherapy kills cancer cells, but it also kills your healthy cells. Chemotherapy not only kills fast growing cancer cells, but also kills or slows the growth of healthy cells that grow and divide quickly. Chemotherapy has a poisonous effect on the body. It states here. Now, don't you think it's interesting that chemotherapy originates from mustard gas, which is named after mustard. The mustard seed that Jesus in the Bible says is the greatest of all herbs once grown. The mustard family of vegetables called cruciferous after crucifix and how those vegetables are cancer fighting agents. They don't destroy healthy cells and is stated in articles and quoted in research that they put cancer cells into remission. And yet chemotherapy, which is given as treatment, comes from a chemical weapon called mustard gas, which has no mustard in it, but they called it mustard anyway. Remember, we were talking about Satan and how he creates a counterfeit of everything that God creates, okay? So you have a mustard seed grows into the greatest herb, which I would imagine means the most powerful, most beneficial herb, the cruciferous vegetables from the mustard family who fight cancer. 
And then you have, on the other hand, you've got chemotherapy, a man-made treatment derived from poisonous chemical weapon used in warfare, which was called mustard gas or nitrogen mustard. I'll let you work that one out. Also, remember, they changed this in the modern translations because they wanted to hide this. They didn't want it to be known as the greatest herb. They wanted to change it to the largest. Largest doesn't mean greatest. This is why you shouldn't read corrupted modern translations of the Word of God because they don't tell you the full story. So let's look again, right? Matthew 13, 31. Another parable put forth unto them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like to a grain of mustard seed, which a man took and sowed in his field, which indeed is the least of all seeds. But when it is grown, it is the greatest among herbs, and becometh a tree, so that the birds of the air come and lodge in the branches thereof. Again, it says, becometh a tree for the birds to lodge in the branches. Birds are symbols of many things in the Bible. In this instance, I believe it is saying that the greatest of all herbs, when grown, it sustains life. The birds can lodge in the branches thereof. Okay, that's it. If you think this video is of use to anyone, share it around, put it around, send it to those who you think might find it useful. Also, I can't send any emails out to my subscriber list at the moment, so any help would be appreciated. And if you've joined Substack, let me know if you got an email from them telling you about this video. Let us know in the comments on Substack. And thanks for listening. Thank you for your time. Thank you for your support. And I will see you later. you
Listen 